Avi on Money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9 Chai FM. Welcome to 101.9 Chai FM. It's nine minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. We at that time of the year, things are starting to slow down. Not really literally right now, but in your mind, you started getting, starting to get ready for going away or just calming down or just shutting the business or just taking it easy. But there's lots of things that you need to do before you get there. And these days, the moment you need to find something, get information, you just go into Abba, Rabbi, Uncle, Dr. Google and find whatever you want. It's all there. And um, that's really the way things are done these days. But there's a way to optimize it. There's a way to make it more efficient. And there's also a way to let people know about the goods and services that you have to make sure that the two of you come together in the most efficient way. I personally don't know much about that, but there is a gentleman called David Jenkins who's in studio. He's the founding partner of a company called Digiting Mark- of a digital marketing agency called Mickey Lou. David, welcome to Chai FM. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Great. David, let's start at the very beginning. You told me off air, and I think it's a very warming um, uh, story. The company is called Mickey Lou, Mickey L-L-E-W. How did you come up with that name? So my grandparents were, my grandmother's nickname was Mickey, Mickey Jenkins, and my grandfather's name was Llewellyn. And a very long story short, they were absolute pioneers and, and mavericks at the time. Um, didn't come from very much, and they built a, a, a massive family business that the entire family still lives off till today. And that was built with a good work ethos, um, putting in long hours, never leave today's work for tomorrow, those sort of, of sentiments. And when creating the business with my co-founder, Chris Avery, we thought these are the type of principles we want to build our business on, you know, in order for it to be successful. And the names kind of just combined together, and that's what we arrived with. You know, well, I hope they… sincere and genuine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope they're looking down, and they're, and they're quite proud. Um, recently, I was in Jerusalem, and I, and I went on a tour, which is something I don't usually do. I just like sort of walk around, but… <laughs> I actually took a, a hired tour guide who was really informative, but he showed me the Rothschild's um, coat of arms. Mm. And it was in Latin, and I said to him, look, you know, what is – he explained to me what it is, is that the whole coat of arms was about ethics, mm. was about doing things honestly, doing things. He says, look, don't, don't get confused. They were hard, tough <laughs> businessmen, and they built an empire. But their whole thing was that as tough as and hard as they are, they're fair and they're honest. Mm. And I think that's that really goes to stand the test of time. Yeah, good principles everyone could run their business by. Great. Now we're at the end of the year. We're standing here. I need to find things. You're saying it in your press release that the most common search items are Christmas gift ideas. Mm. I don't know how well that would go down in the FM, <laughs> but anyway, that's a good idea. House sitters in my area, I think they would work. Alarm House alarms in Joburg. Kennels near me, gifts for day for 2018, and then car hire in Cape mm-hmm. Town. So those are what people are looking for. How do you guys fit into the whole search story? Where do, okay. you st- where do you stand? Where did you start? And what do you do? So Mickey Lou is an agency, is a, is a full-service Google search agency. So our focal area is primarily in Google search. We don't touch other digital channels such as social media, Facebooks, et cetera, et cetera. We're very niche-focused. And – we find that you almost have to be today to get the kind of results that people are willing to pay money for. 
Um, having said that, we work with best of breed social media experts and understand the impacts of them, but we focus on Google search. So when you type in anything from a house sitter to a product you're looking for, a Black Friday special, our job is to make sure that our clients come at the very top of those rankings. And within those rankings, therein lies um, you know, some explaining. So what is the Google search landscape is, is really where people should start the journey because it's, it's common sense that you'd want your business to feature within Google search. It's the, the most common used search platform across the world, totally dominant on, in South Africa, Bing and those sorts of things hardly feature. So it, it goes without saying you'd want your business to be there. And for a multitude of reasons, if you think about the mindsets of a consumer on Google search, in many instances, they've almost already made the decision to purchase. They're just coming out to find the right supplier for it. So we're not trying to you know, inspire this emotional journey where they're going to love you and um, you know, the whole ADA concept. We're saying in many instances, let's put you right at the end of that consumer journey and say when they're ready to buy, you're the first one they see. And a good example of that would be um, the service-related industries, so plumbing, electricians, those sorts of things where you're not being referred by someone you know very well. You type it in Google and you know, our data shows us, but common sense also tells us you're going to engage with the first three, one, two, and three, probably organic results or in the snack pack. And once you start understanding… I want to ask you that. Does yeah? anybody actually go to page two? About five to seven percent of people do. And those people are us looking to see what's there. <laughs> oh, yes, that's fascinating because yeah. I, I, I personally, I look through the first page mm. um, and then very reluctantly will I flip over. But if you look at it, there's many more pages mm. to go. So if you think about the, the type of person that goes to page two, you're probably looking at someone doing research, trying to find something very bespoke. Someone looking for a service, and you can tell by the type of search query people put in, which we privy to that data. Um, someone looking for a kennel service near them or a plumber near them or a pizza delivery service, he's not going to go to the second page, no. Um, someone busy researching to do his thesis on, you know, heaven knows what, a very different story. They'll probably dig a bit deeper to find very specific information. But consumers that want to make a decision to purchase, which is really where our interest lies, um, return on investment in the form of leads, you know, converted sales, they don't go to the second page typically. <laughs> I, I'm so happy that I asked that question because it's, like, it's one of those questions that always sort of niggle in the back of your mind and it pops up as and when you're working with it. But it's, it's fascinating to say to see that it's right there. Let me, before we go to the person providing the service, you and I are looking. Hmm. Are we doing ourselves a disservice by not <laughs> going to page two? In many instances, yes. Um, if I think just some b businesses that I'm personally aware of, um, my girlfriend's in fact, she doesn't sit on the first page of Google. And she's and your girlfriend. I mean, you just yeah, publicly said that. hundred percent there is. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that isn't, it's a really good business. It's got an incredible amount of successful reviews. And for all intents and purposes, maybe I'm slightly jaded, but it should be there. And, it provokes the right question to say, well, why isn't it there? Because there are very specific things that you do that result in you being on the first page of Google. And the moment you understand where you want to be and in which section you want to be, you can understand the strategy required to get there. Because it's not just a case of throwing money at it. It, it doesn't work that simple. Is it a type of industry that is very saturated in the market? I was, mm. For example, let's say you're an insurance company. And you and I start an insurance company called DNA Insurance. You know, now we've got to, to, to compete with the pockets of Discovery and Sundam and Sundam. All these with, with very, very deep 
marketing budgets. Mm. There's no ways in this lifetime we're going to get on page one. Um, is it because of that or is it because… I'm glad that you mentioned that. So we actually saw someone in Inville, a very small insurance provider that said, listen, we know it's ambitious, but we want to get on the front page of Google. And we said, well, for what? If you want to be on the front page of Google for the term car insurance, not going to happen. Um, you're going to have to rob a bank at best and put all the money <laughs> into it. And even then, you've still got a slim chance. These guys have been ve- in investing in very clever strategies for many years. Um, however, if you want to rank in in Johannesburg for a very specialized commercial vehicle insurance, um, insuring specific types of goods, and it's very area-specific, now all of a sudden we can get you there because those guys aren't focused on the big, uh-huh. on those terms. So the more niche-focused you go, the easier it is to get a result. And that's really what it's all about Google is who's the subject matter expert, who's the most authoritative person for the given search query going in. And by virtue of that fact, our job is to make sure that our clients are the most authoritative for the services that relate to what they offer, if that makes sense. So a question has already come through. Basically what the person's asking is can you quantify the amount of business that's going to be generated if the search is optimized? You can make a lot of very educated assumptions. So we can say for an array of terms, let's stick with the theme insurance, car insurance, commercial vehicle insurance, short-term insurance, life insurance. For that very specific keyword, we can tell you exactly what the search volume is, the trends, when it peaks, when it troughs, um, and we can tell you exactly what you need to do to be able to rank for it. Um, By the same token, you'd never look at five terms and build a search strategy off the back of it. The whole point, like that press release illustrated, is think logically. People now are searching with Christmas in mind. They're searching Correct. for gifts for dad. and So obviously you should adapt what's on your website. They, they search for moms also, don't they? <laughs> Just before you get both There's of us into trouble. <laughs> um, and that's – but the short answer is yes. You can, you can look at that and make very educated guesses in terms of the amount of people searching and the amount of people actually clicking on – listings relating to that search query. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's do basically what you've done is you've lay, uh, laid out six main points or six, six guidelines as to how to search. Let's discuss it when we come back and make it more optimum. We'll be back in a minute. Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM, and the best talk always happens off air, but we're not going to repeat that one on air. In studio with me is David Jenkins, who's the co-founder or the founding part of digital marketing agency called Mickey Lou. We now understand why it's Mickey Lou, and I think it's a great name, and uh, you should just really honor their their memory, and they should just build a, a great business that adds lots of value to everybody going down the line. Right. People are listening. They're pulled over on the side of the road, and now they want to know, what are they doing wrong? Because they're using Google to search, and they're using Google to market, and they just feel that they're running on a treadmill. Mm. They, they've gone past page one, and they're still not finding what they're finding. So let's, let's go through it. What you said before was that when people get to the stage, they've already made a decision they're going to purchase. They just need to get, get the, the system to help them fine-tune it. So point number one is keep search in mind from the onset. What does that mean? So unfortunately, it isn't as common knowledge as we would like it to be, especially amongst small to medium businesses. When I say small to medium businesses, um, turnover between 5 million to 50 million rand, which makes up you know a big portion of our country and our, of our client base. 
they typically don't have SEOs, the acronym used, um, search engine optimization. That typically isn't something that's top of mind to them. A website's kind of this thing that we have to have, and they haven't truly embraced the idea that this website is a lead-generating machine, and to make it, you know, realize its full potential, you know, we've got to put some some sort of strategy behind it. So when people most, you know, typically towards the end of the year and in the beginning of the year, you know, look at their marketing budgets and finances for the year and marketing plans, um, it's really just to say think about your website and in the context of it being the type of lead generating machine that it should and can be. Because um, the, the, a big portion of being successful at search is planning. And planning is it's a very meticulous class uh, task in this space, and it involves looking at reams and reams and reams of data. And we spoke about it earlier. Um, specific search terms are you know going to benefit certain businesses. So knowing from the onset you want to target search, and then saying, well, wh- where's the low hanging fruit? What realistically can our business rank for, regardless of the industry you're in? Um, anyone can rank on search, you know, provided they have a good plan behind them. Uh, and that's really what that point talks to. So it's really about just getting yourself organized and, and bringing in an expert to help you with it. Understanding that it, understanding the channel is one that delivers tangible value and understanding that you need a plan behind it. And an expert, you know, an agency like ours, um, there is a lot of online published content that can help you get the basis right. And in many instances, that can be all you need to, to see a result so that you can realize, wow, this is something that genuinely does deliver leads and, you know, that you can then reinvest that and, and grow it out further. Um, but it's about people just being mindful. You know, this thing Google we all happen to use, if my business features on it, I'm likely – I'm likely to see substantial growth. Okay. And having said that, your next point, point number two, is organic search is always better than paid search. <laughs> Big statement, but… Which I don't understand. So paid search, if you go and Google anything, and, and the listeners listening right now, I urge you to do it if you're not driving and it's safe to do so. Um, anything you go and search, plumber near me, air ticket, whatever the case is, almost always the first thing that you'll see is is a listing and it will say ad on the left of it. So that's a Google paid ad. So how that works very simplistically is you put budgets in and you say, Google, every time someone searches this keyword, airplane ticket or plumber, show my ad. So it's it's paid ads. And that's everyone's you know familiar with it. It's a part of Google. It happens to be how they make all their money. And that's very it's a much easier place to get to. And because a lot of businesses don't know how to get their organic listing up, which I'll explain in a moment, they, they land up putting a lot of the budget into paid search because it's easy. You put the money in and then you list there. However, when that money dries up and it's out, you don't have a lot of longevity created behind that. Um, very successful, you know, part of Google search marketing, we, we advise it to anyone. But if you look at, if you're going to spend 5,000 Rand on the one and 5,000 Rand on the other, you're much more likely to get a, a bigger value out of organic search. And I'll tell you why now. So if you go then just below that, you'll see there's all your organic listings. So they don't say add next to it. So can I just stop here just to get a, a clear in my mind? Yep. If you and I wanted to go to, you know, to Sun City for, to play golf, yep. and I typed in Sun City into Google, what I often find is that Sun City's website doesn't come up. It comes up like towards the bottom of the page. Com. There's a whole lot of exa- – yep. I don't want you guys. I just <laughs> want what I asked for. How did you sneak in between my request and the result? Probably a paid ad. So you'd, I'd have to see it to know, you know, without any shadow of doubt, but those are your paid ads. So you can target 
every time someone searches Debonairs and I'm Nando's, show a Nando's ad. You could do that. It's okay. completely legal. So that's probably how they do it. And if you think of your aggregators, Uber Eats, uh, Mr. Delivery, they all bid on the terms, brand terms of the people they're supplying for. Steers, Nando's, Pizza, you name the list. And you'll see their ads will come up. So they want you to come and order it from them. Now, the question I would ask, and I've done this in many different settings, is if everyone goes and Googles the same thing, and I generally make people do it, and you ask by show of hands, how many of you would have clicked naturally on the paid ad, and how many of you would have scrolled past you just immediately, instinctively, and gone and clicked on the first organic listing. So the first listing that doesn't say add next to it. And almost always there's a 70, 70-30, 80-20 split at best, where people are saying 80% of us, yeah, we would have gone past the ad and we would have clicked on the, the first organic listing. Oh, wow, interesting. And data shows the exact same thing. So we, again, everything we do is data-driven, very binary. Um, we, will, we can tell for any given term what is the propensity for people to click on the paid ad versus the organic ad. And the only time I've seen the paid ad get more engagement than an organic ad is on flight bookings. Um, flight bookings is it's a, it's a very rare conundrum, as well as plumbing. There's a very <laughs> high propensity for people to click on plumbing paid ads and not the organic ones, which to me says they don't really care about the brand that's there. They just want a plumber. You know, that's who's the big plumbing brand. Then no one really owns that space. But in many other settings, that's it's not the case. Generally, an eighty twenty split at best. So that's that's the, the organic versus motive. the paid. You, that's where the majority of your traffic is. And most people, when asked that question, will say, "Yeah, I would have gone to the organic one. That's probably what I would have gone." So words, that's what I do. I scroll down till I find sunsity.co.za, correct, which is what I'm looking for. And that is such a normal consumer behaviour. Data substantiates it, among many other Does things. Does data also say that people get slightly cheesed off <laughs> because what they asked for? Is not there. Like I almost feel like someone yeah. stole my data. I didn't ask you for it to. Sadly, we can't read sentiment on on our platform. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think people have become very desensitized you can't, to it. It's you so can't monitor now. the pressure on the keys. Yeah, no, you, you you can in some instances. Or you can hear it going through. <laughs> we would go to their Facebook page to find out what people really think. <laughs> right. Um, Point number three: use research insights. That sounds simple. What does that mean? So it, it's, there's a lot of overlap and some repetition. Yeah. So research, research insights would suggest you are whatever company and you're in insurance. We'll go back to that same example. Yeah. Research shows us for us to be competitive, to rank for the term car insurance, which is, you know, by all means, your, your number one selling item. That's what you want to punt. It's just not going to happen in the next six months. There's a plan in place to service that. However, between now and then, we can rank for something very specific, Toyota Corolla car insurance, because people will search for that. Okay. And so we'll create a strategy that supports that very specific term, much less competition, and what that allows you to do is to see results and get a return in a shorter space of time. Um, that's what, really what it's all about. So I'm just thinking aloud, you know, if, if you are in, let's say, short term, and you know <coughs> that the company you use has a particularly good rate on a particular vehicle, let's say Land Rovers, Great example. And it's a niche market. It's mm -hmm. a market that's not very elastic because um, it, it, it is what it is, and the, the, the buyer just wants the insurance. So you can use that almost to get a foot in the door, get a foothold, drive the traffic, mm -hmm. and then grow from there. 100%. That, that would be in a, in a smaller budget client environment. That would very much be the approach. Find the low-hanging fruit where we know we can add value and where we know we can see results in a short space of time. And, you know, slowly you'll, you'll build that up with a 
solid search strategy eventually will encompass all these things. Um, and the growth of a business put parallel to the growth of their search is uncanny. I just got a, I don't know if it's a fair analogy. You and I want to open a restaurant, but we don't have a budget. So we started out of the back of a wheelbarrow or a food truck. Mm-hmm. And we create our brand like that. And we captured the market in the area that we wanted. Exactly. Uh-huh. And once we've got that, we say, by the way, guys, in six months' time, we hope, we're going to be <laughs> opening somewhere in Ravonia. Yeah. A- and that's how we build yeah, our business. Bootstrap it. The same as you would as an entrepreneur starting your business. I mean, it, it's very much the same. But it's all the points prior to that. You're not going to achieve that if you're not being you know, conscious in what you're doing and if you're not looking at data. If you're just going to throw money at keyword terms, it's, 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 it's not going to work. And a lot of people have been burnt by that. So what we're saying is be, you know, be careful and be uh, precise in terms of what you're doing. What I just may, maybe want to do is just move away quickly from, from the list um, because we've got four, five, and six yep. still to go through. The sense that I'm getting from you is that you said in the very beginning you're a niche agency and your job is Google search words. That, that, that's really what it is. And as we're talking, so I'm seeing more and more and more how that really comes to fruition in the sense that you need an expert in a particular area. Um, you know, I've just been listening, you know, not just been talking to different doctors and it's cardiologists. And I thought a cardiologist was a cardiologist, but that's only a gateway to multiple mm-hmm. super specializations. Mm-hmm. Some guys only do this and some guys only do this. I'm thinking, like, but why? Why aren't you there? Just in the heart, just play around mm-hmm. and have fun. But the bottom line is that people have really got to the level of, of being specific to the point where they, they the experts in that particular area. And this is really what it's all about. And I think that's the frustration a lot of business people are feeling is that we hemorrhage money on this thing. Yep. Um, and I can speak for myself. If I, if, I had a, if, I, if I had a rand for every time I had a breakfast or a meeting with one of these agencies that came to me and said to me, you know, we'll do this, 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 mm-hmm. this. And then I look at my, ma- my office manager and we just wait. <laughs> and then it invariably is going to come up. Web page, Facebook, Twitter. <clears throat> and we said, guys, th- th- we're not there. We don't yeah. want to do that. It's, yeah. not, it's not there. And also what we want to be very careful of is that we want to keep our personal lives and our business lives totally separate. Mm-hmm. We don't want to drag our kids' birthday party into <laughs> our business Facebook page. Yeah. Um, and then they look at you and their faces drop because, you know, all of a sudden the whole strategy they're putting forward is now just mm-hmm. a charade in a way. And I'm not saying it's disingenuous, but what you say, we've been there, yeah. we've done that. It doesn't work. I, I can't. I fully agree with you. And, I mean, myself and Chris Avery, who, who wasn't able to be here today, he's, he's the co-founder. And he's really the, the technical brains behind this business. Everything Every amazing feature that we have from a tech perspective is born out of his mind. And when he goes into what I call his dungeon, he comes out with these sort of prophetic <laughs> SEO strategies that genuinely work. Um, there's, no, there's no degree for SEO. It's not something you go and study and you get. It is a, it's a combination of incredibly technical skills and it really isn't easy to come by. And generally, a lot of the big service agencies – most agencies, um, you go to them and say, hey, guys, I'd like to put some money into SEO. Anyone that works with that agency, if they've never heard of it, will go to Google the term, find out some way to, to patch it into their strategy. They'll outsource to someone because people want the money. And it's, it's the wrong way of doing business because you'll never get the value for it. And the consumer at the end of the day or the business owner 
well, he's going to look at it and say, oh, SEO doesn't work. It's, it's, it's not effective. But in actual fact, you know, he, he's, never, he's never been exposed to the, you know, the true genius of it. And for us, it's a big differentiator. We are incredibly owner-run and on the ground. There's not a single client that between us as owners, we don't work on hands-on. Um, you know, you have to be because it changes all the time. Google's algorithm is made up over 200 different factors, 200 unique things Google's doing that it doesn't tell anyone about to figure out who's the most authoritative. And that changes 500 times on average a year. Not published updates, not, hey, guys, just so you know, we're going to do this and it's going to change your entire search strategy. Um, it, it just happens. And the people that are dedicated and passionate to understanding this um, because they understand the results that it will generate, a.k.a. Chris Avery, um, they get these results. You, you can't do it haphazardly. It's not – it's just not um, – it's just not possible. So uh, you should do this at the end, but I see the messages are coming through thick and fast. How sure. do people get hold of you guys? Um, the best way would probably be to go to our website, www.mekilu.coza. That's L-L-E-W. Um, L-L-E-W. Um, we do we are also on the various social channels, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, and they'll, you'll be getting a call back from me, myself, and I. Um, welcome to contact on my mobile. Which we're not going to get a call, a call from a call center in, in Mumbai, maybe. Unfortunately, no. We haven't expanded to India as yet, and when we do, <laughs> they'll service just India. <laughs> we, so don't need keep the lang- personal. we don't need the language barrier. <laughs> um, the other <clears> question <throat> that's come through—it's a bit of a straightforward question, but sure. I suppose that's the nature of the show. Would you deal with smaller clients? And I'm assuming there that we're talking about people with very modest budgets. Mm-hmm. Would we? Yes. Do we? Yes. Um, We've got – to give you an indication, uh, I suppose a good question that might still come, so I'll answer it proactively, is what does a search budget look like? Like, What do you really need to spend? And it's it's a very broad spectrum from – Should people sit down now or should they just (laughs) keep standing? Our our bigger clients should sit down when they have the small (laughs) end of the spectrum. Um, Between 5,000 rand as low as that to as high as 200,000 rand. That is literally how broad a search strategy budget could be based on our personal experience. And we know accounts that are far bigger than that, that stretch into the millions. Um, what you should be looking at when you're a much smaller agency, and we do this all the time. It's not about you know just making a buck everywhere you can. We genuinely are passionate about what we do. Um, and a consult's often the best way to start. It's, you know, at worst, costs you 750 rand. You get far more than the hour you pay for. And that involves going through... All these aspects, social, paid search, organic search, and understanding, you know, giving you that sort of understanding that says this is kind of where you need to be and this is kind of what you could be doing. And, you know, you can go and affect those changes. Um, but, I mean, to answer the question very straightforward, yes, we, we do. We work with companies that are two men, you know, two men big. That's it. Um, as I said, and as I asked you, this is my question because I was just tying up with what I said to you earlier. When you sit with a person with a very modest budget, are you able in a way to quantify what their turnover change will be? Their turnover change, I mean, that's it's a more difficult estimate. What we could say is, were we able to achieve this sort of ranking? This is the type of, this is the amount of people we would expect to come through to your website. So that's your, your click-through rate. And based on published um, stats and our own personal experience would say what is your average conversion rates so again everything is binary 
and that would be three or four or five or six percent. In some instances, it's 15, 16, 17 percent. So for every thousand people we get there, if we convert three percent of them, this is what you could look, what acquisition could look like for you. Um, based on your average deal size, if you're selling a plumbing service compared to someone selling products, it's very different. So we do that. We go through that process to, to figure out kind of what could you expect realistically once you get a result. What could you expect this to return back to you? And, and that varies a lot. Um, where restaurants, <coughs> franchise restaurants that we work with, where you're managing 30, 40 branches, um, there the call to action is people want to call, especially if you're selling, you know, something, for example, like a pizza. Uh, the South African culture more than it is overseas, and we look at all this data all the time, is more to click and call the branch and place an order than it is to order online and have it delivered to me. Now, that is, it unlocks another whole dimension of, well, search, you know, how specific search is to what it is that you sell. And I don't know if that's going to digress too no, far. No, it's interesting because I was actually listening to a, a show the other day and some the, the talk show host was saying, why does anybody call? Get the details <laughs> and message. Yeah. I personally called a service provider today to cancel a particular contract that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a cell phone provider. It was an equipment provider. And the lady said to me, First of all, but she's off because she wasn't fluent and I was mm. battling to hear her and just feel if you're that big, you know, just get someone who's a little bit yeah. more polished. Um, but maybe that's just my, um, my, my lack of patience the first thing in the morning. Um, but she said to me, I just called customer care at so and so dot email customer. I said, but I'm on the line now. Can't you? No, no, that's the way to do it. It took me exactly 25 seconds, but I was frustrated. I'm on the line. It's not a great customer experience. I said to her, yeah. what is my customer number? What's your ID number? I gave it to her. Oh, there it is. So <laughs> I appreciate these, these ways, but, but again, it's the same thing. I like to speak to somebody. Mm. So I'll find the number, but I'll call, yeah. Where's, uh, as opposed to doing it. Okay. i tell you what. Let's take a quick break. We've got uh, one minute to 22, and then we'll be back with you guys in a minute. Avi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. In studio with me is David Jenkins, who is the co-founder of a digital marketing agency called Mikulu. And we they specialize in Google AdWords, Google searches. We've just been through a, a few issues. Um, let's keep going. The one, The next thing is focus locally and currently. So I shouldn't buy my pizza from Japan. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Really, really, really good points. So we, and again, it talks to low-hanging fruit and being being local and being specific also talks to Google's algorithm changes and what it expects. So if you consider a very simple um, Google algorithm change, we looked at location. So the distance between you and the person that you're looking for. So if you go on your phone now, it's about the right time of day to be doing it and say pizza near me, it's fairly obvious that the results you want to see are going to be within close proximity to you. Now, if your search strategy doesn't talk to anything being localized, you're going to miss out on all those people that are searching like that. And if we look at a very, a very, very simple search, a massive change, and it's as a result of, of voice search, is five years ago people were saying pizza, pizza area. Now people are typing how they're talking, mostly because they are talking, they're saying pizza near me. So search is becoming more conversational than it ever was before. Okay. And when I say that, to stay on point, it's people are looking for things close to them. So people are saying plumber near me, electrician near me, or pending it with the area name. Where in the past you had to break your back to own the, the generic term plumbing, whereas now you can have incredible results 
you know, very localized to your area. So your search strategy should replicate that. And actually, that's what you want. If you're a plumber in Honeydew, you don't want a guy from here calling you. But even the call-out fee is not really going to cover the… doesn't make sense. Whereas if you have a call-out fee in Honeydew, you can see that many more clients because it's in the area. You can leave staff at different locations, come back and supervise, and your petrol bill is a fraction of what it would be running around Joburg. And bigger chains as well, big um, Dion Wired's. Um, I mean, I've, I was searching on, we went wild on Black Friday. Me and my business partner really did try and, you know, get the value out of it because we believe in this. You know, this is our industry, digital and deals. And <laughs> and we were searching based on stores, um, you know, store name X Woodmead, store name X Ravonia. And, I mean, at, at, they, don't have, they don't have it right. You know, the address that I'm putting in or that I'm navigating to, that, that Google My Business pin isn't correct. So at a very simple local strategy level, that's someone that really was in the mindset to buy. On Friday, that didn't because I'm busy driving around Woodmead in 17 miles of traffic. Um, that's a lost sale. Now, if I told you what we spent on the day, would it matter to their bottom line at the end of the year? No, but you start doing the numbers. I mean, can you afford to lose one sale today? No, you're 100%. So what they lost, they can bury. But if they if they had increased turnover, if they had increased bottom line, that they'd be very proud of. Of course. Yeah. Great. The next thing is engage on ratings. Again, one of these point. terms that comes out of something <laughs> so far for me. So it, it's actually really simple. Have you have you ever looked for a restaurant on Google? Well, being kosher, I don't have that dilemma because there's about four of them. Okay. But let's say I did. Can you recall when you searched for it and you engaged with it on Google? Remember seeing the reviews or the ratings, the stars? Yes. Okay. So the the psychology of people to engage with restaurants with high ratings is fairly obvious. That's what people want to see. Um, Google's now influencing where you rank based on your ratings. So if you search for pizza near me and you search for best pizza near me, you're going to see two different sets of results sitting in the exact same spot. Because now you're asking Google for the best pizza. What is Google going to look at? When it says best, it's going to say, well, let's see your reviews. So it makes sense then, and again, this is all sort of part of what we build in, that you've got to drive people to go and review. People don't just wake up and say, I'm going to go and review Avi's business. I'm going to go and review Mickey Lou. You have to ask them. You have to have little cues in store that say, please review us. And, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of other benefits that feedback, you know, it will tell you if you've got problems in store, if you're managing multiple stores. Um, we, we do that community management. We Check all the reviews every minute, every day, respond to them. And you can often pick up if there's a problem in the kitchen, if there's a problem, you know, with a certain service that a, a plumber is offering or the electrical business. You can pick that up very quickly based on those reviews and you can make pretty critical changes to your business that, you know, might otherwise have, you know, caused you a bit of harm. But most importantly for us, when we look at these things, we look at how do we get you to rank this is a factor that Google is now considering, so make it part of your everyday service. So where I've used that is not so much in restaurants <coughs> but in accommodation. Great example. So, for example, um, you're typing um, holiday or accommodation in <coughs> Jerusalem <coughs> or family accommodation in Jerusalem. Um, you get used to the different agencies that come up, mm -hmm. but what you want to see is what did people think of them? Yeah. Or if you put in hotels in Jerusalem, yeah. the pictures, everything looks like it just yeah. fell out of <laughs> unbelievable. Then you go and read the ratings, yeah. dirty sheets, sloppy service. They the basically threw stuff. us out. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, when you keep like when you keep coming, that hotel keeps coming up, mm. but in your mind you don't see it it's because done. no, I'm done. That, that one I don't want. And that that component for Google is becoming. I mean, we've seen massive growth from Google's desire to want to play in that space. TripAdvisor always owned it, 
if you look today, most people, I'm an avid reviewer. Um, I don't use it anymore. That app's deleted off my phone because Google's just become so good at it. So that's going to be another area that they completely own in the next little while. Zomato pulled out not too long ago, um, from South Africa at least. So that's not really playing in that space anymore. And that's it's very rest- restaurant-focused. But it's, it's any business. If you're a plumber and you've got a one-star rating on there, I guarantee you people aren't going to hit call. Um, or any other service. I keep going back to plumbing because it's the most obvious one, but it's I mean, anything that you do. No, but it's a crucial service. Um, I'll never forget being on a holiday and getting a call from my neighbor to say that the sewage pouring out of s- somewhere between us. Yeah. And I called a friend who called a plumber, a great youngster who came all the way from Ravonia or something, and charged me just a call out because once he opened and looked at it, he said to me, it's on the council side. Okay. But I've already called the council and they'll be here soon. And I was so chuffed with this guy. to see that review. But um, <laughs> a, again, it was a bucky yeah. guy. No, 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 nothing. I've still yeah. got his number in my phone and a plumber. Yeah. But uh, that, that's basically what we're talking about. Yeah. And those impressions last a lifetime. And if you get to put them on Google, they get to last a lifetime there too and influence how well you rank. And the negative, how do you get rid of that? When someone said, Mickey Lou is not yeah. so lucky. So, unfortunately, there's no such thing as getting rid of that. It's, I mean, Google is really, really stringent in terms of wanting to be honest and fair, and you can't hide that. It, it is what it is. So, do your job would be the simple answer. Um, but where something happens, and it does in any business space, your only opportunity is to try and engage with that consumer and create a better brand experience for them so you can reach out to them please would you give us your details um all of which we do we contact them can you come in store and you create an experience for them um you know to show we really care that we messed this up let us try and make it right create give them that experience apologize and it's up to them they can go back in and change their review from a okay. one you can't delete it but they can amend that but if you get 10 really good and one shocking do they balance each other out? Well, yeah, you'll, you'll get an average rating. Okay. So there'll be 4.8. And, I mean, everyone knows you get, you know, as they commonly refer to online, there are trolls, people that will complain for the sake of complaining. But if you are truly passionate about what you do and you provide a good service, your reviews will reflect that. Great. And then lastly, adjust to the season. So that uh, very simple ones coming up. You've got um, Christmas is, is the very obvious one. Um, but you could very easily look at a calendar and you could overlay your search pan on top of it and say, okay, cool. February, we've got to have cupids on everything because it's Valentine's Day. Just after that, we've got to get eggs and bunnies everywhere because it's Easter. That's another big – and these, these are just, you know, the Christian ones that I'm – On the generic the business ones, yeah. yeah. Um, you've got winter I'm coming up. I'm not going to penalize you if you don't know the Jewish <laughs> ones, but keep going. Um, you've got winter. You've got summer. So if you think if you're someone that resells clothing, even if you're a fabric manufacturer, people will look for different things in different times of the year. And ideally, you want a three-month run-up from an organic search perspective um, to, to cater for that, to create content for it, to talk to it. So just bear that in mind because people search the same as we do, which is very obviously – um, Christmas, Valentine's gifts for her, um, that type of thing. So oh, just cater for it. Don't miss the opportunity. Absolutely not. Right. If someone was your client um, and they sat down with you and said, look, we, we, we don't want to miss these boats. We, 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 all these six points we <laughs> want to be on top of. Um, we have budget. We've discussed that our budget is sufficient. How would Mickey Lou assist a client in those particular areas? So we start off, there's, there's a pretty well thought out process that we'd run through. 
Um, it takes in the region of two to three weeks for that first initial phase, which is very much data gathering and understanding the clients and the service that they offer. There is no generic approach to search whatsoever. Um, but there are, you know, a few things that we know that, you know, will make a difference no matter what. But that first two, three weeks is understanding the data, doing the keyword research, understanding their on-site def- uh, deficiencies if there are any, so looking at the website, looking at off-site factors, compiling that into reports, and then saying, this is what your work plan looks like for success, um, which which is repetitive. The work that we do, however, is th- there's nothing generic there that, that repeats itself. But we couldn't give someone a price. If you said, Dave, right now, I want a number for what it's going to cost. We don't know. No, but it's it totally f- influenced by what you find. And it's totally subjective. Completely. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that would be the, the starting process. But what you've said a few times during, during the show is that once you've engaged and once you've sat down with the client and gathered the data, you can then come back and say, we can or we can't help you. If we can help you, this is how we can help you. If you do A, B, C, and D, or you allow us to do it for you, mm. these are the results we think you can get. And that's a good point, is that that document that we give back is basically um, a search plan that they could take to anyone and implement with. Get a developer in-house, get the resource in-house. I mean, it, it's, it really is a very detailed action plan that we are immensely proud of, that you know, by all means you could implement it to someone else. We could ad hoc check in on that, make sure that things are done properly, or obviously we prefer to do, you know, the implementation work ourselves. Um, but both are, you know, possible, and we do. We do engage with clients in both ways very often. So there's options. Great. We've come to the end, as I said to you, an hour goes very quickly. <laughs> How do they get hold of you once again? Uh, the website, Mickey Lou, M-R-C-K-E-Y-L-L-E-W.coza. Um, or any of our social channels, which are all the handles at Mickey Lou. If somebody had to Google search engine optimization, would you guys come up? No. Why not? The mechanics car is always the one that doesn't work is the short <laughs> answer. Um, no, it, it, it is a good question to ask. That is, it's incredibly competitive space. Right. Given that we've only been going for three years, you'd probably need to work on that a lot longer to, to reach that point. And we've not had in the years that we've been operating a minute to dedicate our time to it. Clearly because you haven't had to, (laughs) which means that you've obviously generated enough interest in your business. It's funny in our space, you wouldn't believe it, but the the, the type of work that we get is very much referral-based. For people that know and understand search and start asking around, that's where we want our names to surface. Um, The thousands of companies that need five or thousand rand budgets on AdWords. It's not it isn't really our space. We like I said, we're a niche focused, you know, medium sized business that doesn't intend to have ten thousand customers on our books. Rather have a hundred really, really good ones. So definitely 100%. part of our strategy over the next two years though. Fantastic. Dave, thanks for coming in. That was David sure. Jenkins who's founding partner at Digital Marketing Dig at digital marketing agency called Mickey Lou. Please go ahead and have a look at them. If you just make a note in your phone now, just put it down to remind you on the 26th, the 27th of December, when you're on holiday, when you're chilled, that's the time the creative juices start to, to, make, to, to, to come out. But don't waste the opportunity. Don't get back into that first crisis day back at work when the client's screaming and then all the creativity disappears. Get it done now. Sit down. Make your meeting. Go through. Sit with them. Maybe even be cheeky and ask them to come through to you. But sit down and get that engagement going because once that's done, 
and the generation starts to happen, then you'll look back from there and say, sure, I could have done nothing. And then I would be struggling like I was before. Every opportunity that you can get today to engage more with clients, to get new clients, to make clients aware in your business what's going on, is just another level of success that you'll have. So please do it. Don't waste the opportunity. Thank you very much for listening, Craig. Thanks for pushing the buttons. We'll speak to you next week. Have a great day.